0: My Colorado Sway, cause when I'm in it play. I don't really, I don't really know just how to aid. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly deal bugs with
2: my Colorado Sway. Welcome swag. into the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. I'm Henry Chisholm and uh I have Ben Girding here with me today, and we're gonna be talking about these basketball games that are coming up. Uh, first with USC, uh, that's tomorrow night. The game just got moved to eight o'clock, I believe. And it's going to be on the flagship ESPN station. So that's pretty exciting. Um, and then they'll play UCLA later on. Uh, but Ben, let's talk about this USC game. Um, you know, the, the buffs have been solid so far, I think. Um, but let's just start there. How would you grade how the buffs have performed up to this point this season?
1: Yeah, you know, I think they've earned a solid B grade. I think that, you know, looking at it in a vacuum, having a six and two record at this point in the season, it's really, you know, it's not a bad thing at all. I think they're playing solid basketball. Um, especially too when you look at that game against Arizona. And we talked about it at length, just about, you know, where things went wrong in that game, but realistically, I, I think they needed everything to go right in their corner. Unfortunately, they, they only probably had about 80% of the things they needed to happen. happen, And that's just what's going to happen when you play good teams on the road. So I think they're playing solid basketball. I think they've come a long way since that loss to Tennessee in early December as well. But now they're in a situation where their backs are kind of against the wall here early in the season. You've got this three-game road stretch Monday through Saturday in Now that you've lost again at Arizona, they haven't won in that arena since 1965. I mean, they really want to get one of these next games. Otherwise, people might start pressing the panic button. Now, I will preface that by saying, even if they lose these next two games, I'm not all the way out on this bus team. I think this is the hardest three-game stretch that they're going to go through throughout the entire season. So. With that being said, you'd like to see them get a game back, but I think they're playing well enough. I think they they can match up fairly well against USC in particular. It just They've just got to put it all together, and obviously things can look great on paper, but how you actually perform on the court is another conversation, and, and you hope that they can bounce back because Monday night, that second half is very forgettable.
2: Yeah, to me, you know, the one thing that really stands out is that in the games that Colorado has won, You know, the first game they won by 23. The next game they win by 18. And they're consistently winning the games they win by double digits. I don't think they've had a single-digit win yet. But, you know, you look at a game like the Tennessee game where they were able to pull within five with two minutes left, and they weren't really able to close that out. You know, it's still early in the season, but are are we concerned at all at this point that Colorado can't close out games?
1: Yeah, I think you have to be because – They haven't really shown you anything else. When you look at some games in a vacuum, you know, I mean, even looking at the Washington game, I I mean, they, they destroyed Washington and and Washington still was able to get some points there at the end of the second half. Now that game was never in question. So, so that's a little bit different. You look then at Grant against Grand Canyon, a a fairly decent opponent, you know, they're, they're a middle of the team kind of non-conference opponent. And, Still just a 10-point margin there, and it really took McKinley right at the end. They're hitting some beautiful floaters to make that game look as as good as it was. Now, I still do think that, obviously, this is a good program. Finishing games is is tough for a lot of opponents, and you would just expect a little bit more from a veteran team like this. I think that that absolutely is is one of your biggest questions because coming into uh, last week, the biggest question was, well, they start very slow, you know, and and against Washington and Grand Canyon, they were really able to work on that, build some early leads, but now it's shifted to what does that second half performance look like? And Arizona is is definitely not going to help that cause. So when you go up against now USC, and we'll preview them a lot more later on though, you just really are craving a full and complete game against a quality opponent because Colorado They've destroyed some teams, you know, they destroyed Northern Colorado. They played a fantastic game against Omaha and Washington, but you haven't yet see them put together that game against a quality opponent. And that's what's really on the line right now is less about how this is really going to impact the bottom line schedule, because you're not expecting the buffs to win a lot of non or conference games on the road, but more so, how does the fans perceive them? How does national media perceive them? Because that stuff matters when it comes tournament time.
2: Yeah, it definitely does. Um, before we jump into some USC talk and really digging into this next game, you know, like you mentioned, this really is, at least on paper, the toughest stretch of the season. When you have three road conference games in one week, first of all, there's not quite as much prep time for each team as there usually is. But also, these are some of the best teams in the conference. Um what would you like to see like not talking results or anything like that, but, but what would you like to see out of this team over the course of these next two games? What would get you really excited for the rest of the season? Yeah. You know, it's twofold
1: because USC and UCLA really are different different programs in the way that they play for you. USC, you know, this is really Colorado's first test since Tennessee against a big physical opponent. You know, we talked about Tennessee, a lot of, how they outmatched the bus and it really felt like just different quality of teams. And even though both Colorado and Tennessee, both division one power five schools, it didn't feel like that during that game, you look at USC's lineup and, you know, just speaking, frankly, they're huge, they're tall. And then you look at the Mobley brothers with Evan and, and I it's, it's just, it's going to be such a challenge. So how do they stack up with that? I want to see it in two different uh, facets. I want to see the points in the paint differential. And I also want to see the rebounding line because Colorado, they need to win the rebounding margin to win games. Most teams do, but against Arizona, you know, they lost that margin by only one lost by 14. That got a little bit closer because they had, they had a great rebounding first half. I want to see them compete in that way. And also points in the paint is big, both offensively, because we've seen what Evan Batty can do in the last couple of games. He's been on a tear, but defensively, how do they stack up with the Mowgli brothers? And then moving on to UCLA, I'm really interested to see McKinley Wright play against that defense because UCLA, Mick Cronin loves this, this zone man hybrid defense where they kind of start in a two, three or a three, two, but they shift around with some players depending on the matchups. It's, it's a very intricate defense. And McKinley Wright is not a good zone point guard. Um, and, and the reason for that is just because, you know, how you beat the zone is you work it to a big man kind of at the free throw line there in a 2-3, and then you kick it out around the perimeter. McKinley Wright's just not that spot-up shooter. He's really improved over the last four years, but he's not quite there yet. So how he performs in that UCLA game I think is really important. And those are two main storylines to follow going into him.
2: All right, that's good stuff. Uh, We're going to dig into USC uh, and this Thursday night matchup here in a second. But first, we want to give a shout out to our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. They make so many good beers. I know I'm really excited tonight uh, to watch the Florida-Oklahoma game. I can't remember which bowl game. It's like the Peach Bowl or the Cotton Bowl, maybe. I mean, one of those. Um, But that's going to be a lot of fun. A high scoring, a lot of offense. I think I'm just going to sit down with a nice avalanche, Amber ale, just a nice classic beer. Watch that game. That's going to be a good way to spend four hours because college football is just absurdly long. (laughs) Um, If you guys want to try any of these beers, there's so many good ones. The Palisade peach, the vanilla Porter jr. The hot peak IPA. uh, You can use the beer locator on the Brackenridge brewery website. And they'll tell you exactly where you can go to pick up any of these beers. So make sure that you do that because they're really great. And, uh, Also, if you're looking for somewhere to go ice skating, they have an ice skating rink set up uh, at the uh, farmhouse on their campus down in Littleton. It's awesome stuff. Uh, And so if you're looking for something to do, no reason not to check that out. Uh, Also, uh, while the holiday season may be winding down, the sports calendar is in full swing this week. From collegiate to professional sports, there's no shortage of action and there is no better place to get in on all of this action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. If you haven't tried out DraftKings Sportsbook, what are you waiting for? To celebrate this year's college football playoffs, DraftKings is giving all new users the chance to bet on any semifinal team to win the championship at 100 to 1 odds. That's right. All you have to do is bet $1 on any semifinal team to win the championship. And if your team wins, you cash $100. While we're all excited for football, let's not forget the 2021 basketball season just kicked off. So head to the app now to check out all of the DraftKings daily odds boost. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DMVR when you sign up to get 100 to 1 odds on any semifinal team to win it all. That's code DMVR for new players to get a shot at $100 on any semifinal this week for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um... Like Ben mentioned, this really is a big team. Like, it's kind of crazy just to look at how big it is. Uh, the five leading scorers on the team, um, four of them are in double digits, by the way. Six foot two, six foot seven, six foot eight, six foot ten, seven feet tall. You know, this this is, like you said, a lot like that Tennessee game in terms of the length. Um, I'm not sure that the defense is quite as good as Tennessee was uh, just because there's more to defense than just looking intimidating. Um, And and I think that that's my first question to you is uh, how do you think that this defense does stack up against Tennessee? And also what do you think Colorado has to do differently this time around uh, than it had to do against Tennessee? The first time they played a a good, really talented, really big opponent. Oh, I think you're muted. <laughs> oh, let's see. Hello? There we go. Okay, you're back.
1: Yeah, so, <laughs> my bad there. Um, There's a lot more to defense than just looking apart, like you touched on, of being a a, a big team. And just looking at USC season so far, they're 5-1. and one. Their one loss was to UConn. The, the team that they're beating, they're not really anything to write home about. But at the same time, you know, they're not necessarily destroying some teams. Uh, like we saw Colorado do to, for example, Omaha earlier in the season. So the defense does not compare between USC and Tennessee. I think when, you know, you, you look at how they play defense, Tennessee uses their size as their main, their, their, their main factor there. So when you see USC, it's just going to be more about them overlooking the size differential because they're not going to be bullied quite the same. Um, You know, and then kind of building off that then to talk about what they need to do. I I think it does still come down to how they work the ball inside to the paint. And, And that's not to say that we should expect Evan Batty and Dallas Walton to both score double digits in this game. I think this is the wrong time to expect that kind of output. However, both of them are very capable passers. And then when you go into the bench as well with Jabari Walker and Jariah Horn, all four of your forwards are very, very adequate passers. So Working the ball inside is going to be key because that's going to shift the defense's uh, focus and allow you to distribute the ball around the outside of the perimeter. I think, you know, it's kind of twofold because Tennessee, they were so big in a defensive way. It was a low scoring game. USC is kind of the complete opposite. They're big, they're athletic, but they kind of run more of a track meet. USC on the season so far, again, in six games, they're averaging over 80 points per game. They are shooting the ball fairly well at 50% clip, but they're only shooting 60% from the free throw line. And so this is an area where I think if you're Colorado, you're okay getting into a little bit of a chippier game because you have the number one free throw shooting team in the country. Colorado right now, even after last, uh, the, the loss to Arizona, they're still number one at 85% from the line. So you're going to win that battle. Just the key is you need to make sure that, that you're not, picking up fouls for the sake of picking them up you can't have another two fouls in the first two minutes like you did in the second half of Arizona and if you do then then the game's going to get away from you because if you can't have Evan Batty out there Jariah Horn and Jabari Walker they just don't yet have the the physical build to stack up with Evan Mobley and Isaiah Mobley on defense so you really need Evan Batty and Dallas Walton if nothing else on this game to just stay in the game. They could not score a point. They could not even get a rebound. But if they are in the game and they can put their body and back down the Mobley brothers, that is at least a better benefit than having July. Horn trying to box out.
2: Yeah, I think that that's a good point. And, and we've seen both those guys get into foul trouble. And, you know, this is a little bit bigger picture here, but I wouldn't mind seeing, in general, Colorado be more aggressive and, and just accept that. You're going to get called for some fouls, no matter what, just because of the the way that Evan Batty plays basketball and the way he's seen. So maybe they do just buy into that and say, you know what? Every game, we are going to get called for a bunch of fouls, and we're going to hope that it gets chippy the other way, because I, I still think that this team is, in some ways, lacking in identity. Um, if, if you were to ask me what the identity of this team is... I'd have a tough time telling you, you know, it, it all starts with McKinley, Wright, And whatever trait that McKinley Wright has that stands out the most is probably the, the direction that you would go when talking about what this team is all about. And to me, McKinley just is like a- aggressive and he's feisty. And I I wouldn't mind seeing the team in general embody that just a little bit more. Um, and I think that this is a a good opportunity for them to do that, um, because it is a bigger opponent. And, And I think that it would be good to show that you aren't intimidated because they did look a little bit intimidated when they went and played Tennessee. And when they played Tennessee, that was, that was a rough game for the big guys. You know, Evan Batty was two of six, um, Dallas Walton was one of one. They combined for eight points it would be nice to be able to produce just a little bit more than that. Just have a little bit more of a threat inside. Um, And I I guess that's probably my next question for you with, with Evan, you know, we've seen him get a little bit of the touch around the rim back. Those shots are starting to fall. He seems to be playing some, some of his best basketball of the season. Certainly. Um, Do you think that he can continue that? Yeah, I absolutely think he
1: can. I think he's, he's found his confidence again. Um, I think early in the season, it was a lot of question marks just about kind of how he was fitting into this new look lineup, because with Dallas Walton out there, Evan Batty played a different role. So when you look at this team last year, Tyler Bay was more your traditional four and Evan Batty kind of anchored the middle acting as a center this year. Now he, he does kind of shift more between the block a little bit and you've seen him take some outside shots as well. So he's moving a little bit more than he did last year. He's starting to get comfortable again. He's starting to play within himself. And that's super impressive and a good sign because he is a big key to this team. But when you look at, you know, how the rest of the big stack up, this could be a game where Jariah Horn and Jabari Walker offensively are your keys because they can stretch the floor a little bit more. Um, I don't think you want to be running those two at the same time for an extended period with the Mobley brothers out there. I think you'd like to pair um, one of those backups with one of the starters just because of the size. So whether it's Batty and Jariah or Dallas and Jabari, you know, one of those combinations, because I worry size wise, if you've got Jabari out there kind of playing the four or five with, with Jariah Horn, e- Evan Mobley is just going to tear you apart on the glass. So you really need to, Tad Boyle really needs to have a good idea of what he wants his rotation to look like. But with that in mind, if you've got one bigger guy Batty or Walt down low kind of, distracting the defense a little bit. Have Jariah Horns play as a stretch four because he is one of your best shooters and he has not shot the ball as much from outside as he did in the beginning of the season. Against Arizona in particular, he had a very efficient night, but you don't recall him having the big time outside shots like he had earlier in the season. So I would love to see him kind of play a little bit more in that role instead of backing down in the post because against Arizona, they didn't have the size to combat his post game. But USC is going to. So it just is going to come down to a lot of creativity. Again, USC is big, but they have not played a very quality opponent yet. So this is a huge test for them. And it's conversely another huge test for Colorado, of how they can win in different ways. We talked about that a lot in the beginning of the season. They could do it in a lot of different ways. Now you've got some adversity. You're You're own one in conference play, you really need to pick up a win here on the road. And I will say, you know, we're not really talking about UCLA today, but I think Colorado matches up better against USC than they do the UCLA Bruins. So if you're going to get a win on this road trip, I think New Year's Eve is the night to do it.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's dig in a little bit into uh, these Trojans because, you know, we've mentioned the Mobley brothers a lot. We've mentioned the size a lot. Um, Can you just like break down what Evan Mobley is? You know, the, the true freshman five-star recruit who's leading the team in minutes and has put up, I, th- I think close to 18 points per game so far. Yeah.
1: You know, this is kind of conversation of like, well, what is he not, you know, he does so much for your team in so many different ways, you know, like you said, he's leaving the team in minutes. So clearly there was no ramp up period for him as a true freshman to get him kind of acclimated to college ball. He was already ready to go. He's a very efficient shooter from the floor. He's shooting 64% from there on the air. He's also shooting 50% from three. Now that is only on about eight shots. So he is kind of in the Evan Batty, Dallas Walton range where he's shown he can hit it in the past but it's not going to be a consistent threat. He is not the type of forward like Lucas Seward was for this team last year, where you really had to key in on him at the top of the key. He's only going to take maybe one or two, and he'll probably hit, you know, again, one of those shots. But where he is really can hurt you a little bit is working inside, obviously, as a seven-footer. But his three or free throw percentage, excuse me, doesn't really back that up, only shooting 64%. So I think that's important when you look at the scouting report of. Seven footer. Let's not give him easy baskets. Let's not let him back us down in the paint and get an easy layup. You hate to say it in this game, but this might be the time where those Evan Batty big man fouls are actually going to help. Because if you put him at the line at sixty four percent, I mean, you feel a lot better about that than him just shooting kind of a point blank, blank layup. So, on the the scoring aspect side of things, he's going to put up a lot of points. He's going to be very active on the glass and. On top of that, too, you know, you you can't talk about Evan Mobley without talking about the blocks. He's averaging three per game. He had five in a game just a couple a uh, couple of weeks ago before the COVID outbreak. So he's big. He's a presence. If you are a guy like McKinley Wright, for example, you know, this is the game where you shoot floaters only. You're not driving in a try and shoot a layup because he's not going to foul you. He's going to block you, and he's because he, he does a very good job of staying out of foul trouble. He's averaging less than two personal fouls a game so he is a smart defender he's got a high basketball IQ you have to be really careful when you're scheming against him and I think it's harder to scheme against him you know attacking him when he's playing defense than it is on offense because offensively you know what you're going to get you can prepare for that you just don't face a whole lot of seven footers like Evan Mobley there's not a whole lot of like places you can compare to so McKinley Wright you got to get this team in transition. You have to get the offense to move the ball when Evan Mobley is behind you, still in the in the full court. If you can do that, I think you can steal eight to ten points with fast breaks and off of turnovers, and that's going to be your key. Do that, win at the charity stripe, and, and you can play a competitive
2: ball game. All right, that's good stuff. Um, let's take another quick break. Uh, give a shout out to uh, our friends over at. World Golf Tour. Uh, so WGT Golf is not only the most popular golf game in the world, it's also the official gaming partner of DMVR. Uh, it's it's a great game. There's so many awesome things about it um, from the, the different game modes you can play. You can play closest to the pin. Uh, you can play like a full round of golf. You can play match play. You can play stroke play. They even have a top golf, golf mode. And you get to play wherever you want. They have real courses like Pebble Beach, Bandon Dunes, uh Beth Page Black. It's an awesome time. Oh, I didn't even mention the real equipment too. Like they, they have real stuff from Titleist and so many of the top brands. So make sure you check that out and join our DNVR for country club. That way you can play with us. You can compete in all of our tournaments um, where every week uh, I, I think they're open from Friday night to Sunday night. Um, and, and sometimes the winners get DNVR swag or some money or something like that. Uh, sometimes it's given to just random people who played. So, Uh, download the game. It's a lot of fun. It's the most popular free golf game in the world. There are 20 million players. And and if you go to dnvrgolf.com, you can join us and start playing and you'll really, really, really enjoy it. Okay. Um, Before we get out of here, let's just talk about uh, the state of the buffs. And I'm just going to keep throwing some questions at you the way that we sometimes do this. Uh, And the first one I'm pretty excited about how many minutes should Jabari Walker get uh, in the two games this week?
1: Uh, per game, he should be at twenty. Um, I think the I think you're just ready for him to play more. And the reason I honestly I believe that, especially now against USC, and I've been hammering the table for this. Uh, try him at the three. I want to see a lineup where Jabari Walker's out there with Jariah Horn as well as Evan Batty and or Dallas Walton. I want to see all three of those guys on the court at the same time, because if you've got Jariah and Jabari, those are really more of a traditional stretch three, four so- style. So get them both out there. Let McKinley Wright play the point. And then, yeah, keep Eli Parquet in as your two so you can match up with your smaller guys. That would be an incredible defensive lineup. And then you also have Jariah Horn, who's a shot creator and a spot-up shooter. He is speaking now of back to Jabari Walker. He just needs to play more. He is maximizing his minutes in a way that I haven't really seen from a player in a while. You know, Again, he's fourth on this team in rebounds and is ninth in minutes per game. So clearly he's making an impact when he's on the court. I think this is a great opportunity for you to shift some minutes away from Maddox Daniels, give it to a guy like Jabari Walker. Now, the problem with that is they like having Maddox Daniels in the lineup because – you really only have three ball handlers without him with McKinley Wright, Eli Parquet, and Keyshawn Bartholomew. So I think they like the idea of Maddox Daniels a lot, and he's played a lot better since that horrific one of eight game just a couple Mm -hmm. weeks back. But I still think if you are trying to find a way to get your best players on the the court, you want to switch that up, have Jabari play more minutes. And honestly, he really should be in that 20 minutes per game because you're going to need his help on the glass tonight. Or not tonight, but against USC.
2: Yeah. And speaking of Maddox Daniels though, uh, I let's, let's switch this to buy sell really quick. Um, Cause I have a few of those that I want to throw at you. Are you buying or selling Maddox Daniels stock right now while he's eight of 11 from three in his last three games?
1: Yeah. You know, if, if I am being a rational businessman, I'm going to sell the stock. And yeah. the reason is because he is just a streaky shooter right now. You brought him in to be a three point threat And in the last two years you've seen, he's got games. He gets hot. He's got games. He's cold. I think his biggest problem early in the season was they were asking him to be a shot creator and not just a spot up shooter. Um, and, And that was what happened. Ultimately he's going to be best. If you just kick it to him in the corner for three or have him have a quick dribble move to hit a rhythm three at the top of the key. So he's playing a lot better in his role. And I think that is very important, but at the same time, that's only three games out of his entire Colorado career. And that great stretch of being whatever the, the stats were you said uh, in the last three games from deep, that brought him just back to average. You know, So he's not really rewriting the books as a shooter. He's still 37% from deep for his career. Uh, you, just, you just can't count on, on that kind of a hot streak uh, to head throughout conference play.
2: Okay, uh, next up, let's do Keyshawn Barthelemy. You know, he's a, he's in an interesting spot right now, Uh fell below 32% shooting from the field for the season, um, 19% from three, um, but at the same time in the last three games, uh, actually let's go four games because the numbers line up a little bit better. <laughs> he has 11 assists and only two turnovers.
1: Yeah, so. That, and that's what I was going to start with. The, the assist to turnover ratio for him is great. And that's what you love to see out of your backup guard. The problem is, is that Keyshawn Bartholomew is not as comfortable playing a traditional pass force point guard as McKinley Wright is. McKinley Wright, and, and whether or not he believes it or, or this is how he feels, the way he plays is he's as comfortable scoring 10 points as he is getting 20 assists. Or, you know, or that's an outrageous number, but you know what I mean. <laughs> he plays a, a pass force point guard. He's a very unselfish player. Keyshawn Barthelemy, he's also shown he's, he's unselfish. He's averaging just shy of three assists per game. But the problem is, is he's also just not converting on the looks that he needs to. And it's absolutely a concern. He knows what he needs to be doing on offense. It's just that final execution. So I'm definitely buying the stock because the kid is still young. He's still, he's still a high level basketball player from an athleticism standpoint, from a basketball IQ standpoint. You just got to wonder when that switch is going to flip for him. You know, what game is it going to be where he finally hits maybe 50% from the floor and and has a couple of threes and is able to to do all that. His best game of the season came against Washington when he shot 42% from the floor uh, and 33% from three. You would love to see him contribute in that kind of a way because he was really not effective against Arizona. Obviously, Oh, for three, three assists, one turnover, for a guy that was supposed to come in and be your compliment to McKinley, Wright, I think you were expecting a lot more. Um, so I'm buying the stock, but that's because it's, it's getting, it's getting dangerously low.
2: Yeah. I think that those first two were pretty easy ones. You know, Maddox Daniels, when he's coming off a three game hot streak. Yeah. You, you sell the stock and wait for him to go through a cold streak and buy more, um, with Keyshawn Bartholomew, there's stuff to like there's stuff where you want to see improvement, but at the same time, he's a freshman. You've got to buy the stock. This one's a little bit tougher. Eli Parquet through the first four games of the season was somebody who we saw as one of the, maybe I don't want to say most surprising players or best, best performances or anything like that. It's more just that he, he seems like he's developed and he's, he's found a role within this offense But, you know, this efficiency has dropped off just a little bit recently. Um, The the team isn't working the same way, and it feels like maybe they need a little bit more scoring out there, and that's not something he provides. Would you buy or sell Eli Parquet stock right now?
1: You know, I'm still buying it because I I think the, the tough part of where the guard situation is right now is if they put Keyshawn Barthelemy or Maddox Daniels to just play two, you are losing more on defense than I think you gain on offense. And so that is, is just kind of the bottom line is, yeah, I think you would love to have a better, more comfortable, more consistent shooter out there. Uh, you know, not even consistent shooter. I mean more consistent score because he, he's been shooting the ball very well in a limited capacity, but at the same time, his defense just allows you to forget about whoever he's guarding. You don't need to worry about him. He's, he's the, the best, one of the best defenders on the team. So yeah, I'm still buying the stock because his value stretches outside the box score. And again, I just think knowing Tad Boyle, knowing his strategy, there's no way he would confidently send out their Keyshawn and McKinley right at the same time, just because that is not going to be efficient enough on defense. The offense just doesn't offset it.
2: Yeah, I think I think I would buy stock right now, um, mostly because I, I feel like this USC game should be a game where he looks pretty good. Um, and I think maybe the same thing about UCLA too, when you're looking for guys who might be able to make that, make a few deep shots and, and stretch that zone a little bit. He's somebody who you look at and say, there is potential for a pretty big game for him there. Um, but starting with USC, like, USC is just so big and so long inside. I think that's going to make it tough for Evan Batty to play well, for Dallas Walton to play be- or play well. I think even Deshaun Schwartz, just because of the length that he's going to be going up against, I think it's going to be tough for him to start making some of the shots from inside the three-point line that I think we'd all like to see him start knocking down. And that means that when everybody else's stock is in this place where I think it's going to keep – balling at least for another game why not take a chance on some eli parquet stock because i I do think that there is a chance for him to break out plus after a few games where he was a little bit quieter we aren't looking at him as the the three and d glue guy that every team is searching for in the way that we were in the first couple of weeks I'll, i'll buy the stock because i do think that it's about to go up um i want you to pick one Who's, who's somebody you think is an interesting discussion right now? You know, I I think somebody
1: who is... It, it's a fascinating, not an easy answer is Dallas Walton. You know, what do you do with him? Obviously, he put up 22 points against Washington, had a phenomenal game, 10 for 10 from the three-throw line, six for seven from the field. Fantastic. His best performance as a Colorado Buffalo. And now his last two games you know, a a little bit less effective. And the thing with Dallas Walton is he's still not getting, I think, the minutes that a lot of us would expect. He's still shy of 17 minutes per game. Hasn't been 20 all year. I wonder if there is a hard limit there. That is uh, That's the concern because I think when you're playing a team like grand Canyon, when that game was still a little closer or even Arizona, you know, he just wasn't out there as much as I think you would need because he right now is this team's most efficient scorer. So he's an interesting conversation point because he has shown his, I would argue probably that game against Washington is as close to a ceiling as we may see, you know, 22 by, I mean, he was lights out on offense, but he is not, all the way there defensively like an Evan Mobley. When you're comparing seven-footers, he does not have the same presence that Evan Mobley does. So, you know, I, I'm i personally, I would be selling the stock on Dallas Walton at this point because I think I would have been selling it after the Washington game. He's just not consistently involved enough. And whether or not that's for right or wrong, I think is a conversation on itself. But I do think he needs to be playing get up to 20 minutes with him and get his shots up consistently. He should be shooting five, six, seven times a game because even if he is, you know, missing some shots, the chance of him getting fouled is still great because he's a fantastic free throw shooter. You just need to be using him more on the inside.
2: Yeah, I think that we're now in a situation where we're going to find out what Dallas Walton is. We know that he can take advantage of good matchups for him. We know that when he has his like length and and height on guys, he's able to score. We're going to see up on Thursday what's going to happen when he does face a a probably the toughest matchup he's seen all season. Um, and to be honest, I I think right now I would sell Dallas Walton stock. Uh, I kind of said this earlier, but I expect a bit of a down game against USC. I think that that should be the expectation. Um, but what I will say is that. If all goes the way I think it's going to go, I'm going to be buying a whole lot of Dallas Walton stock Friday morning um, once this game is over and we start talking about UCLA uh, because there are going to be opportunities for offensive rebounds. And, and when you're a team like Colorado that struggles to score against the zone and, and the zone defense can give up some, some easy offensive boards, you need guys like Dallas Walton to, to go get those for you, and I think that he will. And honestly, no matter what, I think that I'd be buying stock Friday morning, because if if it's an atrocious performance all the way at the horrible end of the spectrum, then that just means the stock is going to be cheap. And I think there's going to be a bounce back game. If he plays really well, well, of course I'm buying stock because he just beat up Evan Mobley. And so no matter where he falls, I, I think that right now is the time to sell. And I think that Friday is the time to buy. So those are my thoughts there. Um, I, think, I think that was some good stuff, and I think that we uh, had all the conversations that need to be had. Uh, so I think that's going to do it for today. Um, we'll catch up again Saturday night after the Buffs take on UCLA. We'll, we'll talk about that UCLA game. We'll talk um, about this USC game hopefully a little bit too. Um, thanks for doing this, Ben, and we'll see everybody Saturday night.
0: I think they like my Colorado sway, cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act, and when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad, Holly get a books with my Colorado sway. my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. might not swear, I think Colorado swag. My Colorado swag yeah. is pushing 180 speeding past competition. See you later, baby. baby. Colorado army with soldiers like the Navy yeah. and boat where we station, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swag and the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. You on your own now. Why you watching the official You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And we are playing with you. You can get it anytime. We start at the scrimmage. We gon' win it at the line. I call water swag in the middle. At the team. I think they like my Colorado sway cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it gold, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado sway My Colorado sway my Colorado sway I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway My Colorado sway my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Revival. Get them bugs, get them bugs, mess them up, we say we got em My Colorado swag, cause when i minute in it black, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act And when i minute it go, you know I'm acting bad Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swag